I hope you've been listening to our episodes this month as we are covering a multitude of topics regarding biblical discipline. And today we have my friend, Dr. Kathy Cook, who is going to share her expert advice on disciplining children in this crazy society that we're living in today. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Okay, welcome back, Raising Christian Kids family. We're so happy you're here and I hope you're getting a lot of great nuggets of wisdom. And today I have an outstanding guest, Dr. Kathy Cook. Dr. Kathy Cook is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids and the associate co-founder of Ignite the Family. She has influenced thousands of people, and she regularly speaks at conventions, schools, churches, and pregnancy resource centers. Dr. Kathy is also a popular guest on Focus on the Family Radio, and she has a very informative, popular podcast, Celebrate Kids with Dr. Kathy. She is also the author of six books published by Moody Publishers. Welcome to the show, Kathy. I'm so glad to be here, Leanne. I love you, and thanks for that generous introduction. Well, you know, this month we're talking about discipline. So to discipline, as we know, it means to teach and instruct, not to just address bad behavior. So how can we teach our children about the discipline of wisdom Meaning, how can we encourage by example or words to help our children obtain a desire to dig deep, to find the truth so they can make wise choices? That's a, that's a big opening question, my friend. I love it. Um, are we examples of that? You know, is the first thing that I would say, do they hear us talk about the wisdom that we've received? Do they, have, do they hear us talk about, you know, maybe a negative experience at work, but we were glad that a supervisor or a colleague pointed out something that was perhaps pessimistic or negative or critical in our attitude, and we're a better person for it. Do they hear us respond to the reality that words spoken over us and into us can be a blessing? That's the first thing I would say. Yeah. You know, we have to have the discipline of wisdom. You have to gain wisdom in order to to do anything in life. Exactly. And, you know, it'd be interesting to pull your audience about what do they think the definition of wisdom is. So I define wisdom as agreeing with God. Wisdom is a perspective that God brings to a topic. And a very typical and really excellent definition of wisdom right out of the dictionary is the application of truth. So wisdom is the right application of the right information with the right motive for the right outcome. And that's the passion that you and I have is that no one would listen to us and go, that was a great idea. Who I needed to hear that and leave it on the table. You know, we want them to receive what we hope is is valuable instruction and then put it into practice because they will be blessed and righteousness is more likely for their children. So it's such an honor to be here with you to talk about it. Greg Kalkel says, it's not about faith. It's about trust. Mm -hmm. So in our wisdom, biblical wisdom, we can trust it to be true. And we, we never have to second guess that. So, you know, in your latest book, Resilient Kids, Raising them to embrace life with confidence, it's such a fantastic resource. I I really highly hope that our audience will go purchase this book and all your books. But you talk about helping children recover from disappointments. So when a child disobeys and suffers a consequence, how can we help that child recover well so the incident becomes a teaching tool and not a setback? Mm. 
Love that question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is that they've earned the consequence. I think talking to them about, you know, suffer, I'm not opposed to your word suffer. There, there ought to be some suffering because pain is going to be the thing that might motivate them to redirect their behavior. So that's a good word. I think what we need to understand as the adult here is that I'm not a mean mom and my kid isn't a bad kid and therefore I've punished my kid. No, there's a consequence for your choice. Choice is a very, very important word. You chose to slam the door. Therefore, we've taken it off the hinges. And the consequence of your displayed anger and your lack of respect for your mom is a lot, is you're going to lose privacy for a few days. The consequence of you lying as we will check up on you for several, several times with teachers and neighbors until you choose to tell the truth consistently and we decide we can trust you again. So to teach kids that the consequence is something that they've caused by their choice, so they own it and they become responsible, which is the only way that they're going to be able to change their behavior. And so I think that's what can cause it to become a true teaching tool. And Leanne, especially when the consequence is related to the crime. So, you know, it's not like not crime in, in real life, but jail, but the double C maybe helps people remember the crime causes the consequence. So a child lies, you check up on them to see if they become a truth teller. Your child is irresponsible. You have to then have a consequence that fits that crime, if you will. You have to sit in the room and watch them. Why are you sitting in the room and watching me? Because you said you'd start your homework, but I don't trust you tonight because for the last three nights, I know you didn't. You stayed up way too late. So you said you were going to start. So I've got to observe you. Got to find out if your word is is important to you anymore. And once I see that you're back to living the code of our family, then I can leave you alone. But the consequence fits the crime and kids discover that they caused it. I'm not mean. You're not bad. This is how the world works. Those are some of the things that I think make it more of a teaching tool. I, I would add sit down with the child and tell them this is going to be a teaching tool. Tell them yes, your consequences yes. are going to teach you between right and wrong and what you can do better next time. Because I think if you just ignore it and you don't do that, it's going to be a setback. They're going to f- keep continuing with that ill behavior. Yeah, I, I love that. They're, we shouldn't assume that they're going to figure it out and connect the dots. And so depending upon the age and the stage of the kid and what the issue is, maybe you say that right up front. Or maybe you don't, and you put a consequence into effect, you see how their attitudes and behaviors are. And then toward the end of the process, you say, hey, Jonathan, did you learn anything from this? Well, that's my job as a mom. That's our job as a mom and a dad to teach you through our choices about the choices you're making. So please understand that we don't do this because we like it. We do it because we are compelled by God to be the teachers in your life. Yeah, I love that idea. Can you share some ways also that you find best to address a strong-willed child when they continue to argue, talk back, or ignore their parents' directives? Because I know a lot of parents have strong-willed children, especially this day and age, because children think they're entitled. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. this. You're asking tough questions, my friend. But this is something I do enjoy talking about. So strong-willed kids, let me say first, before I talk about maybe ways to address it, to make sure that our audience understands that having a strong will is not bad. When they have self-control, self-respect, and respect for others, strong will can be a beautiful thing. It will be what will be their leader quality when they're older. It'll be what allows them to say no to the sin issues in their life. So it's ultimately a good thing. What they want is power, control, and victory. The reason they argue, the reason they talk back, the reason they push back, the reason they ignore is that they want the power, they want the control, and they want the victory. They're not bad kids. This is in their DNA. It's nothing you've done wrong. It's it's part of God's gifting. If we could look at it that way, wouldn't that change perspective right there? I hope you agree with me. Not everybody who behaves strong-willed is actually strong-willed. 
they think that because like you said, they're entitled technology today allows them to think they're in control. They push the buttons, they make the beeps happen, they get the like factor, they win the game, they X out of the game. They, they're in control on their device. So they think they have authority. So now they enter into a dialogue with dad and they still are thinking, I have authority here. So one of the recommendations I make is that you keep a written record. When does your child argue? When does your child talk back? When does your child ignore you? And find out because it could be situational. Not everybody is strong will 24 7, 365. It might be that you find out that it's only after you have praised a sibling that this particular boy or girl acts out in that way. And now there's jealousy and there's fear that you don't like me as much as you like him. It could be hunger. It could be fatigue. It could be thirst. There's so much that happens if you just drink a glass of water, but a lot of us don't recognize that. So keep a written record and look to see what's happening. And if you find out that it's, if you're homeschooled and it's always on math, then change up your homeschool days so that that kind of thing doesn't happen. Avoid no. No one, no one wants to hear no, right, Leanne? The strong-willed kids who want power, control, and victory, they fight back against no. So I'm a huge fan of when, then, you know, may I go out and play? No, you need to take the plates over to the sink. You never let me do anything. But when, then gives kids more of a sense of control and power. May I, may I finish my game or play another game? When we get back from the store, then you may play another game. What I write about in my book is called a conditional yes. Yes, after you put away your toys. Unfortunately, though, some strong little kids, all they heard was yes. That's conditional. And I know a lot of parents use it. It can work. Just like, you know, may I go out and play? May I go out and play? No, you haven't finished your spelling yet. Well, you never let me do it. No, I said you could go. You said no. The words no and yes, if there's condition there, we confuse, especially the young kids. Very good point. So if we can introduce that thinking to our children, maybe that's part of what will develop wisdom in that. Yeah, that's great. Great points. What do you think is the most problematic issue in disciplining kids? And do you have any suggestions for parents who feel that they're failing in disciplining their children? Oh, yes. Wow. Well, first of all, if parents are feeling that they're failing, they're not alone. So let's just get that out. The culture is chaotic. The liar is loud. You know, when I was a child, pretty much everyone believed that this is right and this is wrong and this is good and this is evil. Whether you were in church or not, there was just a very standard of right and wrong. And so parents didn't have to worry so much about children getting conflicting views when they visited a neighbor or went to a meeting. It was a Today, whole different are... world. It was so right. different. Yeah. And today there are so many perspectives and there's so many beliefs. There are people, I think, who think that two plus two is five. I mean, we've yes. gotten that crazy with, we can just think whatever we want to think. So let's say that the parents who are struggling, you're not alone and it's understandable, which is why we do what we do, right, Leanne? Because parenting is challenging. Otherwise, you and I would go twiddle our thumbs somewhere. But we're doing what we're doing because we recognize that parenting is extremely important and, and somewhat challenging today. So you're not alone. You can improve by being teachable and putting into practice things that you hear here. And then um, let me say about, you know, problematic issues. I, I think this is what I would say first, overwhelmed parents who just give in. So I, what I just said was, it's understandable if you're feeling challenged. And if this is, is hard for you, like we get that no shame, no blame, hope for tomorrow. At the same time, I want to acknowledge that if you're overwhelmed and you've given up and you're afraid of your kids. They've talked back a lot. I want to ask you to not sink into the kind of the lazy pit of despair, but pray. 
and pray again and seek out role models for you that have children older than yours who can help you understand what it's like to walk through the valleys, but how much it's worth it when you see beauty on the other side of that, you know, valley, if you will. Another issue with disciplining today, which is why I love being on your podcast, is way too many people think of it as punishment. Right. No, discipline, discipline is training for righteousness. Discipline is walking with and modeling and teaching and talking about the things that are right over the things that are wrong. It's not punishment. Consequences are a part of discipline because they teach children how to behave differently next time. But don't think of it as punishment. I don't want to discipline my kids. No, you must discipline your kids, which is training. And one more thing that's problematic that I've already alluded to, but is technology. So I just want to put it out there. It's one of the books, you know, I've written. But when we allow our children on technology, whether that be social media or gaming or whatever, even a lot of, you know, web research, it just, it, kids think they're in control. Everything is quick and easy and about them and relevant. And so they think the world works like that because their brain is being developed by what they spend their time on. And if they're on tech a lot, they're going to think that everything is fun and easy and about me and entertaining and I can win any game I play. And that's not how school works and it's not how the world works. And so this is why when a parent loves their children enough to discipline them for righteousness, train them for righteousness, then the kids are going to fight back against that. But hold your ground, hold your ground. Yeah, that's great. Athletes say they discipline their bodies. It doesn't mean that they're beating themselves up. And so I can't say thank you enough. You're so wonderful to be on the show again. And you've also did an episode for our tips from the experts video series on the website. So if anybody wants to hear more of Kathy's wise wisdom, you can go to raisingchristiankids.com and see her episodes that we've had before through the interview and also the tips from the expert video series. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Loved it. And again, we'll have all the links where you can buy Kathy's books and celebrate kids. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 